0: Post-modern and post-Christian are both terms that the, the church seriously needs to retire. We're going to the world to tell them who we are, and we're not going to the world to present who God is. The world in which so much is focused on building walls and keeping people out, an alternative way to live is to live it's by... It's almost heaven. like raising a white flag and saying, ah, oh, it's all the secular people's fault and no one's listening or coming to our evangelistic... How can we redesign Adventism to be effective at reaching emerging Western culture? That's what the Story Church Podcast is all about. Adventism redesigned. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pastor Marcus here, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Story Church Podcast. And uh, in today's episode, I-, I want to talk about this crazy coronavirus thing, man. Um, there's definitely no way that I could uh, pass up the opportunity to talk about the thing that everyone is talking about. Um, and I think what you'll find as well, and is what I found as well, is that this catastrophe has actually given us a lot to think about as a faith community and um as as you know people of faith and uh, i think you'll find that reflected in today's uh podcast five things every adventist should do in light of covid 19. Uh, now before i get into that i want to just take a few moments Uh, number one i want to again thank the patrons who helped the story church project um, with your by being patrons and uh, thank you guys so much you make it possible for me to be able to reach a much wider audience and if you love the story church project and you're thinking hey you know i really want to support this and i, I really want to back this project up uh, go to the story project.com click on support i believe there's a tab at the very top that says support and it'll take you straight to the link or you can just go to patreon.com slash The Story Church Project, and all the information will be there. So definitely check it out, guys. If you're thinking, hey, should I, should I not? telling you i could really really use the help um so definitely uh hop on there and um help us help help this project to expand and reach a wider audience um i also want to take a moment to thank all those who have purchased the ebook the death and rebirth of the investigative judgment it is the latest ebook that's currently in the story church project store uh and thank you so much to all of you who've taken a chance and been like all right let's read this let's find out what it's about i've gotten some great feedback um now there are others who've kind of been like i don't know if i want to get this particular ebook because it's kind of strange and it's like marcus you know you love talking about reaching the culture you know postmoderns and metamodernism and all these different things it's like what in the world is a guy like you doing writing a book about the investigative judgment of all things um, and quite frankly, it's because I love reaching out to the culture that I wrote this ebook because the thing that I have found from being in contact, if you want to put it that way, in connection with secular culture today is that these these people are asking some really hard questions, really hard questions that Christian theology, generally doesn't have good answers to. And what I've come to believe fully, 100% from my own personal experience, is that Adventism as a framework provides the absolute best answers to the questions that people today are asking. Now, you might not like that conclusion and that's okay. Like I'm not a sectarian, right? Um, But it is my personal conclusion. Like Adventism provides a framework that is just so powerful at connecting with All of the challenges that we are facing in the post-church, post-certainty milieu. And so I wrote this book because the investigative judgment is at the core of Adventist identity. And it's sort of this complicated doctrine that, you know, even if you understand it and you manage to figure it out, you're kind of like, okay, well, why does it matter, right? Like, so long as I believe in Jesus, like, what difference does this really make? And that's what I wrote this ebook um, all about. It was originally just a series of articles that I compiled into an ebook, but the point is answering that question once and for all. Like, why does this doctrine matter? Because I am telling you, I'm telling you guys, when you figure out why this doctrine matters, the voice that this doctrine gives our church to the contemporary secular milieu is overwhelmingly powerful. Um, and you might not believe me. You might be like, there's no way that doctrine is just way too corny. Uh, but I'm telling you, you just you gotta give the ebook a chance, man. Give it a chance. I guarantee you I'll change your mind. Um, now here's the thing: um, every single ebook that I sell also helps to create. The Bible study set that I've been working on for the last five years, a lot of you have asked me about it. When's the Bible study set coming out? When's it coming out? Because this is a Bible study set that I've designed specifically for studying the Bible with secular people. And yes, a lot of you have been asking, when is it coming? When's it coming? The truth is, it's not coming, guys. It's not coming because it costs too much money to produce. Uh, just to get the first three bits done um, with the fresh new graphics, make it look cool, make it look, you know, awesome, get the cover design, all that stuff, that alone costs about $6,000, right, to hire a designer to do a really good job because I'm not trying to get this thing done looking cheap and corny, right? Um, this has got to look good and um you know it's a lot of money and so part of selling this ebook the death and rebirth of the investigative judgment and really any other ebook in the ebook store Part of selling this ebook is that it is going to help make the Bible study set happen. So even if you're like, ah, I don't know, if I'm, I don't know if I'm that interested, but I want to help make the Bible study set happen. Get get the ebook. Just go to thestorychurchproject.com/store. You can get that ebook there. There's three other ones as well. They're all ten dollars. You can get them all. You can get just one. Anything helps, guys. Anything helps to make it possible to get this Bible study set designed. But for those of you who've bought it already, thank you guys. I really appreciate you, um, and I appreciate you giving. Um, hard-earned money to see the content that i've written and interact with it it's absolutely amazing um finally i want to give a shout out to the haystack um the haystack is the voice of millennials in the seventh day adventist church and if you haven't checked them out before uh check them out they focus on life culture and theology and in light of all this coronavirus stuff they're even running church services online on sabbath morning so um if you find yourself without a church uh, or without a church that is has gone digital um, and you're at home, definitely check out The Haystack on Facebook because uh, on Sabbath morning, they on this last Sabbath was their first one, I believe. They had a Sabbath school plus, um, plus a sermon. And so check it out, guys. Uh, I think you will absolutely love The Haystack. All right, now I want to turn my attention over to uh, the topic of today. Five things every Adventist should do in light of COVID-19. Now no one would have guessed, right? No one would have guessed that 2020 would have taken off with so much drama. But here we are. Like we had Megsit at the beginning, and then we got this glimpse at this Dr. Phil's nightmarish mansion. Like, what was up with that? Um, and then there's this bizarre impeachment, these hellish Australian bushfires, and then Kobe shockingly dies in this helicopter crash and now of course COVID-19 and the mass hysteria, paranoia, mixed messages and toilet paper apocalypse that have emerged in its wake. And here's the thing, like whenever catastrophes like this manifest, you can expect people to respond according to the categories, values, and patterns that they are familiar and engaged with already. And so in an individualistic culture, for example, it's tragic, but expected to see people punching each other in the face over a packet of quilting triple length toilet paper. Likewise, in a society where the commodification and exploitation of people for profit is a pattern, you can expect to see a band of opportunists who purchased pallets of hand sanitizer and are now selling each of them for 70 bucks a bottle on Amazon. Although I think Amazon put a stop to that, thank God. Um, And here's the thing, like we can and must rightfully so critique and protest these unjust and inhumane modes of conduct, but as the old saying goes, what did you expect, right? Um, I actually think Ellen White captured this tension really well when she penned those classic words in Christ Object Lessons, page 412, and I quote, It is in a crisis that character is revealed, end quote. So then, if people manifest in times of conflict the authentic selves they've nurtured through their worldviews and habits, then how should Adventists, a people with a unique worldview and patterns of being, manifest themselves in the midst of the same tensions? And it seems to me, at least from a logical standpoint of view, that our conduct in light of catastrophe ought to be different because... Our values and patterns are different. But is this the case? Now, some of you might be thinking, definitely not. I've seen Adventists freaking out and doing some crazy stuff. Um, but my answer would be something like this: it's complicated. It's complicated, right? It's complicated because Adventists aren't robots, after all. We're all at different stages in our development. So different reactions, often very real human reactions, are to be expected. But what I want to do in today's post is, or or podcast episode, at least in this medium, is I want to remind my faith community that we are called to walk after the spirit, not the flesh. Meaning that while certain modes of conduct may be entirely understandable from a human perspective, we are actually called to partake of the divine nature, right? 2 Peter 1.4, right? To partake of the divine nature. And we partake of the divine nature, Peter says, through the promises of God. And it's through those promises, he says, that we escape the corruption that is in the world. So in today's post, again, I just want to encourage you guys. I want to inspire you guys to let's collectively enter into this trans-carnal state of being to which Jesus is calling us. And in doing so, manifest a greater degree of love, compassion, and enthusiasm, even in the face of this global pandemic. So five things, guys, five things I believe every Adventist should do in light of COVID-19. Just five quick things, um, and then and then I'll be done for today. So number one is this, exercise faith, not presumption. Now, the first thing Adventists should do in light of COVID-19, like obviously assuming you're already following the recommended guidelines and praying for God's protection, right? Like that aside the first thing I would say that we should do in light of COVID-19 is to remember the difference between faith and presumption. And I say this because I'm seeing a lot of comments and critiques online by Adventists suggesting that closing churches and canceling camps is an act of faithlessness. Uh, The critiques stem from the belief that if we had faith, we would just carry on as usual because God would protect us. But guys, this is not faith in the least it is presumption okay placing ourselves and our communities in risky scenarios unnecessarily and then appealing to god to protect us is a classic example of presumption and last i checked god does not honor presumption um i will also quote the brilliant words of the brilliant preacher roger hernandez who posted on Twitter earlier today, I think it was. And I quote, God fearing does not mean science denying, end quote. So here's the thing, guys trust in God, but pay attention to the science and take the necessary precautions, all right? Have faith, don't presume. Um, number two, speak life in hope. Now, here's the, like, let's be honest here, guys. Whenever scenarios like this emerge, Adventists, quickly jump on the end of the world bandwagon, right? We did it with Y2K, with SARS, with Ebola, we're doing it with Corona now. And of course, God forbid, someone in government recommends or organizes some type of prayer event, right? Because that's like throwing a big, fat, juicy steak in front of a hungry lion. Only the steak is religio-political oppression and the hungry lion is Adventists who have lost the capacity to think clearly and rationally. Um, Now, is religio-political oppression coming? Yes. Is this it? I don't know, and to be honest, um, I'm inclined to believe that it's a part of it, just like many things that are happening in the world today are all small bits of the puzzle, Um, and and I want to make this clear as well, that there's nothing wrong with being aware and discussing geopolitical movements as they relate to the fabric of the apocalyptic social milieu, I am not one of these guys who's like, forget about revelation, forget about the warnings, just think about the nice things, like I do think that we need to be aware, Um, But when everything we say becomes about what the bad guy is doing and we lose sight of what Jesus is doing, Adventism then emerges as nothing more than a different brand of kerosene being poured on the fires of collective panic. And I believe God wants us to be different and to manifest a presence and a stillness and an enthusiasm that glorifies his trustworthiness and love in the midst of life's greatest storms. And if we don't do it, then who will, right? Everybody else is speaking fear and paranoia. Let's you and I speak life and hope. Um, Number three, check up on your church fam, guys. Seriously, like so many churches are shutting down. Um, And those that aren't, uh, a lot of them are already seeing a high number, like even up to half of the usual members not attending. Um, So this is no time to play the see you next Sabbath church game, right? Um, Check up on people who are missing, especially the elderly and immunocompromised, like pregnant moms, cancer patients, etc., Some of them might be afraid and unable to get the things they need. They might need friendship, prayer, encouragement, and perhaps somebody to go to the shop and order some groceries for them, right? So check up on your church family. Number four, support your local church leaders. Now, the amount of attack and vitriol I have seen toward our church leaders at this time online Is really despicable it it demonstrates that for many so-called Adventists their religion has not transformed their character to be more like Christ for all of our rules and dogma how tragic that when it matters the most rather than manifesting contagious love we resorted to the same egotistical rhetoric of a self-centered world now you might not agree with our leaders in the decisions that they are making but at least show some compassion and love because the burdens that they have to carry are beyond anything most of us will ever understand In my conference alone, leaders had to make the tough call to cancel our annual Easter camp. And here's the thing, like people are complaining and people are criticizing, right? But none of those who are complaining and criticizing are or or have to bear the burden of keeping people safe none of them right like if someone became infected and infected others none of the complainers or criticizers would have to answer to their families or the authorities our leaders would if the cdc decided to quarantine the camp and keep us on lockdown for a month and nobody was allowed to go home none of the naysayers would have to bear the weight of having made the wrong call and having to keep that scenario under control our leaders would so unless you are in their shoes and responsible for carrying the weight of a thousand scenarios my advice is you stop typing get on your knees and pray for our leaders because theirs is a burden that few of us would be able to endure now for those of you who are listening to this and you're in a position of conference leadership i just want to say this man like leadership i learned this when i was in the army and i never forgot it leadership is that thing everyone thinks they can do better than you that nobody wants to do. So don't worry about the cynics. They're always going to be there, all right? Live for God's approval, the audience of one, right? Keep your people safe and know that there are many who appreciate you. Point number five, this is the final one. So coming down from the top, right, Um, exercise faith, not presumption. Speak life and hope Check up on your church families, support your local church leaders. And finally, number five, find someone to bless. Now, here's the thing. I've said it already. I'm going to say it again. I want you to be informed and aware. All right? Bottom line, I do. But for the love of God, all those alarmists and conspiracy theorists on YouTube are not going to feed a positive and optimistic faith expression in you. To the contrary, those kinds of things damage our ability to manifest love and gentleness. They make us suspicious of others that we should be praying for, and they engross our minds by appealing to our carnal appetites for the sensational and dramatic. So instead of hopping from one weirdo in a suit and tie who happens to know what's really going on to another, and instead of lending your ear in precious time to some dude who has way too much time on his hands to compile an endless array of dramatic radically decontextualized Ellen White quotes about how scary the end times will be, do this instead. Find someone to bless, no matter how small, and don't stop blessing. Those are the five points, guys, and I wanted to mention that because here's the deal. I'm of the belief that a people with a unique worldview should have a unique conduct as well, and that conduct ought to be peace in the face of catastrophe, love in the face of selfishness, calm in the face of pandemonium. And I want to encourage and inspire myself and and you guys as well, right? Let's be those people in the coming weeks and months so that the culture can see, not through our preaching, because we ain't going to be doing a lot of that, (laughs) um, but through our living. Let the culture see Christ in you the hope of glory. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you for hanging out at the Story Church uh, podcast, rather, sorry. Thank you for hanging out at the Story Church podcast um, for another week. And I wish you the absolute best. I hope you guys stay safe and healthy and I will catch you next time.